Oh my gosh, that might be a first. Uh, got the live stream going with the video and the audio right off the bat. <laughs> awesome. I love it when a plan comes together. Hey everybody, I am Praying Medic. This is Supernatural Saturday, my live stream that comes to you on the second Saturday of each month at 1 p.m. Eastern here on my Telegram channel. Thank you for joining me uh, on the broadcast today. Um, I had a request from Charles, one of our admins, and I'm not able to honor his request. Sorry, Charles. Um, I, I tried. I, I tried uh, working on that one. I thought about it a lot, and I just wasn't coming up with uh, enough information to honor your request. It was a good request, though. Um, Charles requested that I address the subject of, I guess it would be called spiritual gardening. And I don't have enough revelation on that right now to cover that subject. So I'm going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is walking with God. Walking in relationship with God. What, what does it mean? What does it look like? How does that uh, term. How is that worked out in the everyday life of an average person? Uh, I, I consider myself to be a pretty average person, actually. Um, my life is not very glorious. It's not very glitzy. <clears throat> it's it's pretty it's pretty um, it's pretty average. <laughs> but but I have a relationship with an extraordinary person uh, called God. So I'm going to take you through. Um, a day in the life of a guy who walks with God. And I'm going to explain as much as I can uh, the practical uh, aspects of just having a relationship with God. I'm going to try to demystify it because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what it means to walk with God. Uh, in the Bible, we know that uh, it says that Enoch walked with God and he was not because God took him. And, and there's a lot of people 
in the Bible that we have as examples of people who walked in relationship with the Lord. Uh, Enoch, Adam, Joseph, Daniel, uh, David the king. A lot of people had pretty pretty good intimacy with God. And you, and you can read about their lives in the Old Testament. Um, interesting examples also in the New Testament. Uh, well, Jesus <laughs> is the prime example. Uh, the Son of God who both manifested the realities of God's kingdom as a man and at the same time was uh, was one with God. Uh, God in the flesh. Interesting concept. A lot of people struggle with that. And then you have the Apostle Paul and his walk with God. Uh, the Apostle Paul's walk with God is very interesting uh, in that he suffered a lot of um, opposition, but was also blessed with some great revelation. So I'm going to walk you through my daily routine of what it looks like to walk with God. So I get up in the morning, uh, any, anywhere from <laughs> 2.30 to about 7 o'clock. But lately, it's I've been sleeping in um, because I've been doing some strategic prayers in the evening. And I'll talk to, about that at the end. But I've been sleeping a, a lot better lately. Uh, for the, so for those of you who have insomnia, sit tight. I'm going to give you some keys and strategies that I think may help you. But I wake up in the morning, usually uh, from a dream. Uh, I, I dream just about every night. Now, that wasn't always the case. For 25 years, I never had a dream. And a lot of people find that hard to believe. They say, oh, you had dreams, you just don't remember them. No, I, I did not have dreams at all for 25 years. Not one. Uh, I had dreams when I was a kid. I had a lot of dreams. But about the age of 21, my dreams just stopped. Stopped having them. And then about 25 years later, uh, I started having dreams again when I was 46. And I had a lot of dreams and night visions. And man, when I started having dreams back in 2008, I was having some crazy experiences. Um, angels coming into my room, talking to me in the middle of the night. Jesus manifested himself in my room, talked to me one night. Um, lots and lots of symbolic dreams about ministry, um, about healing, about prophetic ministry, various, various things that God was trying to teach me about that he wanted me to learn how to operate in. Uh, my dream life has become more more normal, I would say, over the last few years. Although, I'm getting a lot of revelation for two or three years now, specifically on the issue of um, communications problems. I've talked about that in the past. I'm not going to dwell on that right now. But usually in the morning, I'll awake from a dream. And I try the best that I can to write the dream down. If you're not having dreams, or if you're not having the kind of dreams you want, or if you'd like to have more dreams. Dreams, generally speaking, are revelation from God. Not every dream is from God. Not every dream is from your soul. I think most dreams that people have are from God. And I have found out, and, and other people have testified to this, 
that if you will write down your dreams and journal them, and if you will faithfully steward the revelation that God's giving you, if you will do your best to interpret those dreams, come to an understanding of what God is saying, and then obey the revelation and act on what God is showing you, he'll give you more dreams. That's uh, that, that principle of stewardship is found all throughout the parables of the New Testament, where Jesus taught that if God gives you something, he expects you to invest it. He expects you to be a good steward. He wants a return on his investment. If you are faithful, he'll give you more. If you're unfaithful, he'll take it away. So people who are not having dreams, I would suggest to you uh, that commit yourself to learning how to interpret your dreams, writing them down, and obeying whatever God is showing you in those dreams. And if you need help, I wrote this little book called Dream Interpretation Made Simple, and a number of people have emailed me saying that after they bought the book and started journaling their dreams, they began having dreams just about every night. All right, so my routine in the morning is, okay, I ask, what is God saying? Okay, today, what, what is he saying to me right now? What revelation is God giving me? Is he highlighting some political issue? Is he highlighting some business issue? Denise and I are self-employed. We own two publishing companies and we publish books. That's what we do for a living. And we have a ministry, uh, a nonprofit church ministry. So that's, that's our business. So in the morning, I wanna know what is God saying today? Is he talking about some message I'm supposed to put out for the ministry? Is he talking to me about a book? Is he talking to me about edits on a book that I'm working on? Is he talking to me about the economy, investments? Is he talking to me about communications? What is God talking about today? So that's, I start my day with what is God talking to me about, specifically me, today? So I get a handle on that. And Denise and I, if she had a dream, we will make some coffee, sit down on the couch, and get caught up on the news. Uh, I, I scroll through my, my news feed and scroll through the comments on my Telegram channel in the morning, pray for people who have prayer requests, and get caught up on the news and current events and see what's going on. All right. And, and Denise and I will talk about the dreams. So if she's had a dream or if I had a we'll talk about them. And many times when Denise and I talk about our dreams, God will give us the interpretation while we're discussing a dream. <laughs> when I was first having dreams, Denise had the interpretation to a lot of symbolic dreams that I had. I didn't understand. I woke up thinking, uh, I don't I don't have any idea what this dream is about. It's, it's probably a soul dream. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I would tell it to Denise, and we'd talk about it, and boom, like that, she would just get the interpretation. The Holy Spirit would give her the interpretation of my dream. She would tell me what it was. And I would say, wow, that makes complete sense. I absolutely nailed it. So one of the things that's important in, um, in walking with God is understanding the fact that God will speak through other people about you. <laughs> and God talks to me a lot through my wife. Um, and that is just how God rolls. He 
will communicate to you through your children, through your spouse, through your parents. Uh, not always. Not everything that you get from somebody is from God. Even if the person says, thus saith the Lord, it doesn't mean it's God. But I have learned to recognize um, the fingerprints of God. When I have a dream and I share it with someone and they say, they give me their interpretation. Um, if it resonates with me, if my spirit, if I get confirmation in my spirit, like, yep, that's it. Uh, I get the green light. I, I know that God has given that person the interpretation. All right. So um, I ask myself in the morning, in addition to what God is saying right now, I will also go back and look at recent dreams and, and kind of take the data points and I'll make a little graph. Where are these? What's the trajectory of the revelation God has given me? Because God often will speak about a similar subject to an individual uh, in many dreams or visions or prophetic words. God will continually hit the same issue. Pepe, if you're listening, there's a reason why you always have dreams about being playing basketball or why you're always looking out for the newbies in your dreams. You know, he and I talk about this. We talk about our dreams just about every day. And Pepe has a lot of dreams where the same theme is highlighted over and over and over again. So do I. So what I do is I look at the tra trajectory of the dreams. Where are these dreams? Where have they been in the past? What's the revelation God has given me in the past? And what is he saying about it now? Because God is a storyteller. And each dream that you get is like a chapter in a story. And if you don't know what's in the previous chapters, you're not going to understand the current chapter. That's why it's important to journal your dreams and get the interpretation and then try to understand, okay, well, what is God saying about this? What does he want me to do? Who am I supposed to partner with? What is my uh, main calling? What are the objectives that God wants me to set up? What tactics and strategies does he want me to use to obtain the objectives? That's, that is a large part of what I do. Yeah, if I'm not doing it, literally just writing out lists of strategies, tactics, and objectives, mentally, I always keep this list in the back of my mind. What are the objectives that God is setting out for me? And then what strategies and tactics has the Holy Spirit given me to obtain those objectives? And how am I doing? So Denise and I talk very often about how are we doing on the tasks and things that God has spoken to us about. Are we behind the eight ball? Have we procrastinated? Have we just put things off? Or are we on, on track? Are we, are we keeping up with things? As God has spoken to me about ham radio over the last four months, I've tried to be as proactive as, as possible in getting the equipment, getting the licensing, learning how to use the equipment, uh, because I feel like there's an urgency on this. So I've been very diligent to try to keep up, get up to speed on this stuff and not procrastinate, not put it off, because I don't think I have a lot of time in which to get this done. And recently, in the last week, my dreams have changed. No more dreams about ham radio, no more dreams about communications issues, really. The subject matter has changed. I think I reached a point 
where I had achieved the objectives that the Holy Spirit set up for me. And once I achieved those objectives, he's like, okay, we're on to something else now. Just put that on the back burner for now and let's switch gears and go on to something else. So noticing the changes, those subtle changes in your dreams. Like I said, God's a storyteller. And for four months, he was telling me a story about ham radio. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm taking notes, writing it all down, trying to keep up with it. And then when that story was done, boom, he's on to a different story. And my dream life is, has changed. So evaluating where you're at with the revelation God has given you is an important thing. To, to You just have to continually make those assessments and evaluations. Where am I at? How well am I doing? What do I need to spend more time and effort on? Um, and where am I behind? And, and where am I caught up? All right. Uh, and, and so as, as Denise and I go through our morning routine, we have coffee. We're sitting on the couch. We're scrolling through the news feed, getting caught up on current events, getting caught up on prayer requests. Um, I'm tuned in. Okay. I tune in my radar and ask the Holy Spirit, okay, what issues are you going to highlight for me today in the news, in prayer requests, emails that I get? What is the Holy Spirit highlighting? Now, how do I know what the Holy Spirit is highlighting? <laughs> People are like, well, you just say that. What does that mean? How do I know what, what God is highlighting? Like, does he like shine a flashlight on something and you see a little thing, you know, illuminate it? Not, no, not really, not for me. I mean, some people will literally see when they're reading something, they'll see a, a, a passage, a, a, a sentence or a paragraph highlighted in a little light. Uh, that, that can happen, doesn't happen for me. Uh, God communicates to us primarily through thought impressions. And if you think, that you're not hearing God's voice, you are hearing God's voice. We all hear God's voice, everyone. Even when I was an atheist, God was speaking to me. I just pretended I wasn't hearing him, but I was hearing him uh, because my conscience would convict me from time to time about things that I uh, was doing that were wrong. And I didn't realize it at the time, it was the voice of God, but the voice of God speaks to you through your conscience. So if you do something that's illegal, unethical, or immoral, or just plain mean, and you know you, you, you post something on social media, for example, and you get this nagging thought in the back of your mind, like, I, you know, I really shouldn't have posted that. That wasn't nice, that was not, not necessary, not kind, uh, inflammatory. When you get those thoughts, like, you should take that post down, that's God talking to you. <laughs> and, um, and, and I wish I could say that it doesn't happen to me, but it does happen to me. Uh, in, in this last week, I've had a number of things where the Holy Spirit uh, gave me a little correction and said, why don't you just take that down? That's not really necessary. Right. So God um, speaks to us through visions, through dreams through uh, angels. He'll speak to us through um, a lot of different senses. If, if you're an emotional uh, prophetic feeler or, or uh, 
there's a lot of different ways to describe those people. Um, empaths is one, one way to describe them. God will speak to people through feelings. He'll, he'll telegraph messages through your feelings. Right? Well, for me, and for most people, God, the Holy Spirit, speaks to us through our thoughts. And it comes down to this question of learning how to discern God's thoughts from our thoughts. A lot of people have brilliant ideas, and they think that their brilliant ideas are their own ideas, and they're actually not. They're, they're uh, words of knowledge or words of wisdom from God, and they don't understand the source of the information, which is unfortunate, but God will, will inspire people to do good things and have brilliant ideas and let them take credit for it. But many of those things are actually God giving that person insight revelation information. If you, you come up with an idea that 10 minutes earlier you had no understanding of, no thought of, no, no concept of that idea at all, and then boom, you just get this download of some brilliant idea, very good chance that that was God giving you insight rather than you just being brilliant. Not that it doesn't happen. It does. Some people just have really good you know, uh, intuition and inspiration. But a lot of that is actually coming from God. So the Bible says God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. How do you know when, the, when God is speaking to you? It's like having a conversation in your mind with somebody who has a different point of view than you. Right? So that internal thought life that we all have. A lot of people are very tuned in to the demons that are speaking to them. They're having these arguments in their mind, and they're sensing these attacks. You know, you're ugly, you're fat, nobody cares about you, uh, your family hates you, right? Those are demonic voices talking to you. A lot of people are very sensitive to the voices of evil spirits, but they're not very sensitive to the voice of God, because God is the one that tells you that you're valuable, that you're loved, that he treasures you, that he's got a plan for you, that he wants you to be successful. He's got business ideas for you. He's got ministry ideas. And it's very easy if you're listening to the demonic voices, it's easy to shut out and, and not listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Right. So there's there are uh, numerous spiritual beings that are talking to our spirit at any given time. And that that in the way we would describe that is your internal thought life. All right. So there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So if you feel thoughts, if you sense thoughts of condemnation from any source, you know that's not God talking to you because God does not condemn us. Uh, God loves us, cares about us deeply. And whether you know it or not, you're his favorite kid. So if there's a voice telling you that God doesn't care about you, doesn't like you, you're no good, you're worthless, you're never going to amount to anything, you can't be successful, your life is a failure. If you're hearing, sensing, feeling those thoughts, that's not God. That is an evil spirit that is manipulating you. And you need to tell that voice to shut up and go away. Because as Vincent van Gogh said, if you hear a voice tell you that you cannot paint, by all means, paint, and that voice will be silenced.
right? That's resisting the devil. The Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. When you hear those voices of condemnation, you resist them and you say, look, shut up. I'm not listening to you. <laughs> it's not going to work. I don't want to hear it. Zip it and go away. Go bother somebody else. You have to put up a defense against these voices. You have to put up a wall and say, I'm not listening. It's not working. Shut up. Go away. All right. So we have to uh, be mentally and spiritually prepared for the warfare. And that comes down to controlling your thought life. I, you don't even have to verbally say to the demon, hey, just leave. You can mentally. I do it mentally all the time. When I hear negative thoughts come into my mind that I'm reasonably certain are, are evil spirits whispering in my ear, I mentally just flip them the bird and tell them to get lost. Uh, you know, It's not something you have to do overtly. You can just mentally put up the wall, block, and say, not listening to that. Let Just get that thought out of your mind. Focus on something that God is telling you. Uh, all right, so the battlefield of the mind. And that is a, yeah, it's, it's a battle. It can be a battle. And I get messages and emails from people all the time who are going through this spiritual battle. And it, it is, it, God allows it because we have to learn how to become warriors, seasoned warriors who can uh, become victorious in battle. And I'll talk a little bit more about battle in just a minute, but I just wanted to give a little introduction to the, the battlefield of the mind and, and this dynamic of evil spirits and the Holy Spirit talking to us. Just, just realize that God is always talking to us. And, and again, for those of you who say God's not talking to me, I don't hear the voice of God. All right, let me give you an illustration. So you're, you're in your car, uh, driving along, and you got music playing in your car. And you're hearing the music, and you're jamming out to the music, and all of a sudden, the music stops. And then you hear your phone ringing. And you go, oh, hang on a second, <laughs> my phone is ringing. I didn't realize it because I was listening to the music. So you answer the phone. All right. Were you hearing... The phone ringing while the music was playing. Yes, you were. You were hearing the ringtone of your phone, but you weren't recognizing it. You weren't focused on it. It was ringing. You were hearing it. It was making a sound, but you were focused on the music in your car. As soon as the music stopped, your focus shifted from the music to the phone, but you were hearing the phone the whole time. The audible sound from the phone was there. You heard it. You just didn't recognize it. You weren't focused on it. That's a little bit like hearing God's voice. God is speaking to you. If you're not hearing him, it's because you're not focusing on him. You're focused on other things. You're hearing the TV. You're hearing the radio. You're hearing the podcast. Your, your attention is on something else, not on God. Shut off the other things, shut off the TV, shut off YouTube, turn down the podcast, shut it all off. Just, just turn it all off for a while. And all of a sudden, you'll start to hear that voice of God. You have to give the Holy Spirit some attention. That's, that's a large part of the reason why people have trouble hearing from God, because they're distracted by other things. 
Uh, I haven't had a TV since 1996. We cut the cable on our TV long ago. Haven't had a TV since then. Don't miss it. I get my news uh, on social media from you know friends uh, on social media. Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't listen to. You know, I, I've never had a Netflix account. I don't do streaming video stuff. I'm just. I just don't do it. I don't do entertainment of, of any kind on uh, on the internet because what's really important to me, especially um, now that I'm getting close to social security age, uh, is finishing strong and hearing God and being knowing what God is saying to me. And if I'm listening to all this stuff, these TV shows and all you know, movies and whatever. It just becomes a distraction. And my focus, I've just made a choice. I'm going to focus on God. I want to know what God is saying. And I do that best in a quiet house. So if you, <laughs> you come into our house, it's quiet. There's nothing going on uh, other than, you know, if there's a Trump rally, I'll, I'll you know, put the rally on my phone or my tablet and put it on the speakers uh, in the living room. But <laughs> that's about it. Um, our house is very quiet, and it's quiet for a reason, because Denise and I like to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, and we give him an audience. We give him the microphone. We let him be on center stage. Okay, Lord, you're on center stage. What are you saying? We just shut everything else up, uh, and it's a lifestyle. You know, If you give your attention to God, he will speak to you, but... <laughs> It comes down to making some choices. All right. So as I'm scrolling through social media, um, I'm looking for issues that God is highlighting. What is he highlighting? When I, I, I'm scrolling through the news stories and all the different people's you know feeds and hot takes on current events and whatever's going on, um, I generally ignore everything I see unless the Holy Spirit highlights it. Okay? So as I'm as I'm reading through my news feed, listening for the Holy Spirit, and as soon as I get to a topic, the Holy Spirit wants me to focus on, he'll start having a conversation with me about that subject. Right? So I'm scrolling through my news feed and I come across a news event, something happening in Ukraine, and Holy Spirit says, hang on a second, let's have a conversation about that. So I'm like, okay, what do you want me to know about Ukraine? And Holy Spirit might say, who's funding the stuff going on in Ukraine? Okay, who is funding Ukraine? Well, I don't know. So Holy Spirit will say, why don't you do some research and find out? Right. So this is a, this is a conversation I'm having. The Holy Spirit will give me a thought. Who's funding Ukraine? This thought will just pop into my mind as I'm going through the news feed. So then I'll, I'll spend a half hour doing some research. And then, and as I'm doing the research, I'm reading through news articles, Holy Spirit will say, okay, who is the major funder of that organization? And I'll say, well, I don't know. And then he'll say, we'll find out. Right, so I start doing some research on that organization. And I'll start plowing through the articles, and the Holy Spirit will say, stop. Okay, 
this person, uh, where did they get their money from? How did, how did that family get all this money? Right. So this is how um, the Holy Spirit will fine-tune the things he wants me to focus on for, for me to put out on social media. I, I, it's, if you follow my news feed uh, on either whatever it is, on True Social or on Telegram, you'll notice that I'm, sometimes I will post uh, information similar to or the same as other people. Many times I'm on a completely different uh, riff, focusing on different subjects, different topics, different issues, because I'm trying to focus on what the Holy Spirit is highlighting for me. The Holy Spirit will highlight something for Brian Cates, and the Lord will highlight something for Pepe, but, the, but God's going to highlight something for me that he wants me to focus on. And I don't just repost everybody's content, the same thing everyone else is posting, just because you know that's what everyone else is doing. I really try to focus on what is God want, saying to me? What is he highlighting for me to focus on? And I try to ignore everything else. So I get people who come in the chat sometimes, and they'll drop in. They'll try to post articles, links, stuff. And they'll say, hey, everyone needs to pay attention to this. This is the big thing. I'm like, well, maybe for you it is, but God hasn't highlighted that issue for me. If you see something in my newsfeed that's missing, that everyone else is talking about, and I'm not talking about it, it's because God has not highlighted that subject for me. So if you want to get somebody else's take on that, then go to their channel. <laughs> People will come in my channel and say, what's your opinion on this person? And what about that person? And what about this news article and that and this? And I'm like, I don't have any revelation on that. I don't, haven't looked into it, don't know who that person is. I, I don't, it's not, a, it's not a thing for me. And, and that's because I really just don't go diving into every rabbit hole that's out there. I try to focus on what God is, is specifically highlighting for me. And I would recommend that you do that yourself. You do not need to be going down every rabbit hole out there on the internet. You don't need to be catching up on every news, <clears throat> news article because um, a lot of that stuff is fluff. A lot of it is irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. And uh, it's, you will be much better off if you learn to discern what is God highlighting, bringing to your mind, to your interest for you, and ignore the rest of the stuff. You'll sleep way better at night if you do. Uh, and your, your life will be more productive. Uh, and, and that gets to the issue of obedience, right? So if God is saying, look, I want you to learn about this issue, and you say, well, screw that. I'm going to learn about this and this. I'm going to read all these other people's news feeds and go in here and go in there. That's disobedience to God. God is trying to get you to focus on a couple of issues. And you're not being, you're not willing to rein in your attention and focus on what God wants you to focus on. And, and that's just disobedience. And I'm not saying that to condemn people. <laughs> but there is a blessing in being obedient to God. Because like I said, your mind will be less filled with clutter and you will sleep much better at night. And the other issue that that gets to on social media is um, discernment, spiritual discernment. Uh, a lot of the things that are being posted on social media, um, you know, if God's not highlighting it for me, 
but everyone else is posting it. Um, I, sometimes the Lord will um, highlight a certain issue for you, but it's it's equally important to learn how to discern what God is not speaking about. And there are some subjects right now on, especially on True Social, and there's some people and there's some issues that are very popular, very trendy right now. Everyone's posting about them. And for me, God has ignored those subjects completely for those people. I just don't repost their information. I don't post their stuff because God is has omitted that issue, those people from my to-do list. So, right. So again, understanding when God is silent on an issue, it's probably best for us to remain silent, which is why I say a lot of times to people, I don't, God hasn't highlighted that to me, hasn't had me research it, don't know anything about it, uh, and just leave it at that. Uh, discernment is, is a big issue in, uh, in our community right now. Uh, I think a lot of people are not exercising very good discernment. They're just posting things and reposting things because they seem to be popular. And it's actually something that God is not really highlighting. Uh, if, if we exercise discernment, we'll notice not just what is God highlighting, but what is he not highlighting. All right. Uh, and then speaking of social media, so um, I, I have a pretty good presence on social media. I'm not as popular as President Trump, but I have a pretty significant following on my website and other social media platforms. And I talk about controversial subjects uh, to the point where two of my books got blacklisted by, by Amazon. My two Q books, which were the most popular uh, selling books that, that I have, uh, Amazon blacklisted them. And then, you know, YouTube channel got shut down. Uh, Telegram, let's say, uh, sorry, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter accounts got shut down. We lost five uh, PayPal accounts including our ministry PayPal account, right? Opposition. Right. So a lot of people, um, just about everyone faces opposition. And uh, I have had my share of opposition. I, I have had death threats. People send me, you know, crazy emails threatening me and, and Denise. Um, opposition is a way of life. And the more that you talk about controversial subjects, uh, that hit people's buttons, the more opposition you're going to have on, on social media you know, specifically. And a lot of people are under the impression that the best strategy for dealing with opposition is to pray that God will protect you from the opposition. I don't know that that's necessarily the best strategy. It's, it's a strategy. You can pray for God to protect you from people who are attacking you and evil spirits that attack you. Uh, may or may not work. Right? So when the Philistines were harassing the Israelites, um, God didn't tell David, look, don't worry about the Philistines. I'm going to protect you from them. He said, take your sling, take those five smooth stones, Go over to Goliath and take him out. Now, um, I'm sure David was like, you know, Lord, he's 
really big and he's got a bunch of brothers and they're all really big and powerful and they just you know make mincemeat out of us whenever we fight them like how am i going to defeat the philistines and god probably had a little conversation with david and said trust me i will handle it just obey me go get your stones and go take on goliath right god wants us to become battle hardened warriors who can defeat the enemy when they attack us and I would suggest to you that a better strategy when you're being attacked and you're feeling opposition is to ask God how can you give me victory over these people this issue so that I don't feel like I'm always on the run I'm always defenseless uh, I feel like I just can't ever get victory over this you can ask God to protect you. I think it's better to ask him to equip you and train you to become victorious. Right? And I have done that. God usually warns me ahead of time when there is a threat on the horizon. And I'll say, oh, great. So my YouTube account's going to get shut down. And the Lord's like, yep. So I want you to prepare ahead of time for plan B and plan C. <laughs> Okay, you know, and, and the, before I publish the Q books, the Lord told me they're going to get blacklisted, but I want you to publish them anyway, and then we'll come up with a plan after that. Just, just put the books out there. They're going to get blacklisted, and there's going to be a plan to deal with that. So as the Lord shows me that I'm going to have opposition, and I'm going to have attacks, I try as much as possible to say, okay, well, then train me, equip me, and prepare me. To deal with the opposition so that I can be victorious and I think that is a much better strategy than asking God to protect you from any kind of attack I mean we all would love to sail through life without being <laughs> attacked or opposed it's not gonna happen <clears throat> we are gonna be attacked we're gonna be opposed and uh, we need to ask God to give us strategies for victory and train and equip us to overcome because we are called to be overcomers all right. So as I'm going through my day, uh, you know, dealing with trolls, ignore the trolls, by the way, don't respond to them. First rule of social media, don't feed the trolls. Um, I ignore people who are haters and trolls on social media. I just don't give them any time. Uh, you can spend an enormous amount of time on social media arguing with people you're never going to meet. You're never going to change your mind. And a lot of them are bots. I, <laughs> there's nothing that is a bigger waste of time than arguing with a computer program. Uh, I strongly recommend do not get into arguments with trolls and bots. If they're getting in your face, block them and bless them and move on. Um, that's, you know, that's my perspective. All right, <clears throat> so I get a lot of email requests. Um, and uh, no, I don't get thousands of email requests a week, but I do get hundreds, and it takes up a large uh, part of my day. So how do I address emails uh, as part of my walk with God? So I open up my emails, <clears throat> and uh, probably 70% of the emails I get now are prayer requests because of all the testimonies on Telegram. And by the way, thank you for sharing the testimonies. <laughs> Holy moly. If, if you have a testimony of something that God has done uh, through prayer, 
whether it's healing or, or you know, a washing machine that got fixed or a financial miracle or a job. Uh, if you have a testimony, send it to me through my website. Uh, my email address is admin at prayingmedic.com. I love to receive testimonies. And I love to post them on Telegram because it just encourages people to press in, to try it. Hey, if they, if they got their miracle, I can get my miracle. Uh, we had, <clears throat> we've had a lot of great testimonies recently. Marriages being restored. Um, some, some guy who was, I guess, brought back almost from the dead uh, a couple days ago. Just getting some great testimonies. So as I'm going through my emails, I get a lot of prayer requests. How do I uh, address prayer requests? I, I, I want to highlight the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this section. All right, so <clears throat> a lot of people are frustrated. <clears throat> a lot of people are frustrated because they're not seeing people healed when they pray. Specifically, they're not seeing themselves healed when they pray. Because a lot of people start out, well, I have headaches, migraines, I have uh, arthritis, I have you know, back pain, I have this. I'm praying for myself, nothing's happening. I want to be really clear about this. I'm not saying that you should not pray for yourself. I am saying you're going to have a lot better success if you pray for other people uh, in addition to praying for yourself, right? Go out there to, you know, find a church in your area that is operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And maybe they'll have a prayer session at the end of the end of the uh, Sunday service where stand around, hang out, pray for people to be healed. Find a chapter of the healing rooms in your area. Get trained. Go into the healing rooms and volunteer your time. And you get to pray over dozens of people. And the first time you pray over somebody who's got carpal tunnel in their wrist, or they have a migraine headache, or they've got neck pain, and you pray for them and they get healed, that's going to boost your faith. And then you're going to pray for somebody else and they're going to get healed. Then you'll be at uh, at the grocery store, and you'll see somebody with a uh, immobilizer on their shoulder, and you'll say, hey, can I pray for you to be healed? And you pray for them, and boom, their shoulder gets healed. Pretty soon, you are a walking, talking, healing machine. And then you're going to pray for yourself because your faith has been boosted. You're going to pray for yourself, oh, hey, my migraine headache's gone. Oh, gosh, I woke up this morning with no back pain. If you're stuck on uh, healing and, and you're not seeing people healed, I would suggest don't limit yourself to people in your family <clears throat> who are having problems. Get outside of your family and pray for strangers. Keep praying for your family. I'm not saying don't pray for your family. Don't evaluate your ability to do healing based on your failures within your family. I don't even know why it is, but it's, it's generally difficult for people to have success healing their family members and like i said i don't know why that is it just is um i i <laughs> i have been i've prayed for my wife thousands of times and i don't know if she's ever been healed by any of my prayers but she has been healed by the prayers of other people she had a frozen shoulder got healed by somebody else she had back pain got uh, herniated disc got healed by somebody else she actually prayed for her own back pain and got healed um listening to a video so like i said really clear. I'm not saying don't pray for your family members. Okay. What I'm saying is if you're serious about healing, 
find opportunities to pray for other people. Now, I don't do that in person very much. I only do you know, public ministry to one-on-one -on -one in person once or twice a year. Almost all of my prayer ministry is done online through email or on Telegram. And so I open an email and I read it and I see this person who has 15 different diagnoses. Um, they're paralyzed, they've had a stroke, they've got cancer. Uh, this is their third episode of cancer. They've been through chemo and radiation a million times. Um, they're on a vent, they're in the ICU, and they're knocking on death's door. So I'm like, okay, Lord, well, this doesn't look very good. And I don't have a lot of faith for people like that to be healed. I don't. Um, when I get these prayer requests for people who are just a train wreck, it's hard to have faith to really absolutely believe that person's absolutely going to get out of that hospital and they're going to be fine. Right? <laughs> I start from a place <clears throat> of skepticism and doubt. That's not a good thing. So um, if I don't have, if my own faith to get this person healed is not very high, then I, I'm going to have to ask the Lord to give me the faith to get this person healed. All right. So now we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 13, 14. Paul's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So there's the gift of faith, gift of miracles, gift of healings, gift of tongues, prophecy, right? These are the, the gifts. If, uh, and I, I want to make a point here. Uh, I had somebody email me a couple days ago. She was confused about the gift of healing and as a gift and healing as a uh, commission from Jesus to his disciples because there are two different operations of healing. Healing and miracles are two gifts mentioned, or gifts of the Holy Spirit, mentioned by Paul, 1 Corinthians. But healing and miracles are also mentioned by Jesus in Luke chapter 9, verse 1. He called his 12 disciples to him, gave them power and authority to heal diseases and cast out demons. So there's an operation of healing and miracles for evangelism because Luke 9, Matthew 10, <clears throat> Jesus was commissioning the 12 disciples to go out and make disciples. That's evangelism. But then there's the operation of the gift of healings and miracles in 1 Corinthians, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for operation among believers in the church. <laughs> I'm not going to go into the a long discussion about the differences here, but what I would say is just realize that there is a um, there's an operation of the gifts, gift of faith, healing, miracles, that is primarily for the edification of the church, and there's authority and power for evangelism. Now, let's talk about the gift of faith. If, uh, and this is my point, the gifts are not resident in you, right? For a long time, when when the when the spiritual gifts were coming back into vogue 
in the church. People were doing these spiritual gift inventories. Well, what gift do you have? Well, I have the gift of, you know, discerning of spirits, or I have the gift of prophecy. And people would just think, well, that's my gift. I only have one gift. That's the one the Holy Spirit gave me. And that's all I get to operate in. That is not true. It's not how it works. The spiritual gifts are not resident in you. You can operate in any of the spiritual gifts at any time as the Lord wills. It is up to the Lord. The operation of the spiritual gifts is uh, it, it's the operation of the Holy Spirit in us. right? The Holy Spirit can have you operate in tongues, faith, miracles, prophecy at any given time. Right, so let's go back to my, my email. I have this email from a person who is knocking on death's door. They've got all kinds of, you know, horrible diseases. And I'm sitting here going, well, Lord, I don't, I don't think this person's going to get healed. And the Lord's like, okay, well, I think they are. So I say, okay, Lord, then, then let's, let's go to work. So the Holy Spirit will supernaturally boost my faith. I will close my eyes and just relax. And all of a sudden inside of me, this, this confidence, because faith is synonymous with confidence. This confidence will rise up inside of me and I'll say, wait a minute, they are going to get healed. I absolutely know that person's going to get healed. All right. So I command their spine to be healed. I command their limbs to be healed, I command nervous system healed, I command muscles, ligaments, tendons, and bones healed, and I will just start to make commands over their body. And I'm doing it with a very high level of confidence that I did not have five minutes ago. That is the operation of the gift of faith. Holy Spirit, fill me with faith. Give me faith, give me confidence to get that person healed, because I don't have the faith in myself. So the Holy Spirit will give you a boost of confidence, a boost of faith. He'll increase your faith, and you'll suddenly know, okay, well, that person's going to get healed. Didn't have the faith five minutes ago. Now I do. That's the operation of the gift of faith. <clears throat> now, uh, let's go to the um, power and authority. Right, authority is the exercise of authority is I command nervous system to be healed, I command evil spirits to get out. Exercise of authority is commanding. That's authority. Miracles, right? a miracle comes, creative miracle specifically, comes to the release of power. All right, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit is the power of God that created the earth created everything. We have that power living in us. We work creative miracles when we release the power. Woman with a flow of blood came up behind Jesus, grabbed the hem of his garment, and said, I know if I grab the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Power went out of Jesus. He turned to the disciples who touched me. I felt power go out from me. All right, she had a creative miracle. <clears throat> and the flow of blood stopped. Jesus turned to her and said, Woman, your faith has made you well. Power is the release of power, the power of God. It goes out of us 
into the other person, it works to create a miracle, and it operates by faith. So if the person needs a creative miracle, I'll just put out my hand and I'll release power. And I'm going to do it right now, actually. So sit tight because I'm going to pray for uh, people that are listening on the live stream and on the replay. I'm going to, I'm just going to pray real quick. Lord, bring your healing presence upon them, upon the viewer. Command nervous system to be healed. I command hearts to be healed. Lungs healed, immune system healed. Command sickness, disease, and evil spirits get out. I command shoulders to be healed. New rotator cuff, new ligaments, tendons, and bones. I command the spine to be healed. Pain and inflammation get out. Discs healed, nerves healed. I command hips to be healed. Command knees to be healed. <clears throat> new meniscus, new ligaments, tendons, bones, ankles healed, all soft tissue, all connective tissue. I release the healing power of God. Command headaches to leave, migraine headaches get out, evil spirits get out. <clears throat> All right, demonstration. I close my eyes, and in my mind I'm seeing a picture. And the Lord is highlighting in my mind a human body, and I see the brain and the nervous system, the spinal cord highlighted. I see the shoulder highlighted. I see um, various connective tissue, uh, the uh, rotator cuff highlighted in my mind in a vision. So the Lord is giving me specific revelation about things he wants to heal. And I'm just putting out my hand and the power of God is flowing out of me into the spiritual universe and it's healing people who have those problems. Right? I'm just following. In all of the prayer videos that I've done, uh, people say, well, why didn't you mention this or why didn't you mention that? <laughs> because... I was, you'll notice my eyes are closed. I'm asking the Lord, show me what you want to heal. And as he highlight, as I'm seeing the human body, and I see one, oh, I see the pancreas. Oh, I see the liver. Okay, that's the lungs. That's the heart. That's the, the brain. As the Lord is highlighting issues for me, I pray for those issues. Okay. Uh, you could call that a word of knowledge or word of wisdom. The Lord is giving me insight and understanding about problems that people have that need to be healed. Right? Meniscus. I see the Lord is highlighting for a little highlight area on the knee, on the spine. Right? So that's um, spirit-led prayer. <laughs> people always ask me, what's the best way to pray, pray for, you know, Lou Gehrig's disease or uh, autism? What's the best way to heal this? What's the best way to heal that? spirit led prayer. Pray as the Holy Spirit leads you. There is no silver bullet for getting these different things healed. I just recommend close your eyes. Let the Lord show you specifically what he wants you to pray for, how he wants to do it. So when I'm reading an email, um, I am asking for words of knowledge, right? I get another email, uh, here, this is a, a good example. Um, I read this email from a woman this week. She's got neck pain and headaches. And as I'm praying for her, I saw the word chiropractor in my mind. Chiropractor. I was like, okay, well, maybe that's a word of knowledge uh, <clears throat> or a word of wisdom. So a word of knowledge is information from the Holy Spirit about situations you don't know about. 
God gives you revelation about a situation you wouldn't know about naturally. That's a word of knowledge. Wisdom is understanding about what to do. So a word of wisdom takes information and says, do this with it. It's the practical application of knowledge. So the Lord showed me the word chiropractor. And I was reading this woman's email. <laughs> I said, I prayed for her. I'm like, okay, well, I command spirits of, you know, uh, to be gone, migraines, gone, uh, headache, be gone, and, and neck, I command you to be healed, and the, the bones and the disc in her neck. And then I, I emailed her and I said, I'm praying for you. And by the way, I don't normally do this, but I feel like you should maybe uh, consider seeing a chiropractor. I, I felt like the Lord was giving me information about that person. Right. So that's, again, talking about the gifts of the Spirit. It's, it's critical when you're operating in healing or deliverance to be in touch with the Holy Spirit, get in the flow, say, what is the Lord showing me? Um, you know, like in the case of the chiropractor, like I would never just tell someone just go to a chiropractor because <laughs> they're asking me about healing. But I felt like the Lord was saying, look, tell them to go to a chiropractor. Not that he can't heal them, but sometimes there are other issues involved. When Denise had neck pain, um, it took three different modalities for her to get the neck pain healed. And the last one was massage. And she had not ever thought about massage. But she had a dream where she was going to a massage therapist. And lo and behold, that was a nail in the coffin for the neck pain. So... Uh, all of that is to say, when when in my day, now this, I might be on email for four or five hours a day, uh, depending on how many emails I've got. But I'm just going through my emails, going through prayer requests, Holy Spirit, you know, how do you want me to pray for this person? Um, as each prayer request comes up, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, how do you want me to pray for this person? What is the issue? What's the solution? And I try as much as possible to pray as I'm led by the Holy Spirit specifically for that person. Even though I give them a generic response, I'm praying for you. I do try to pray specifically for that condition, that person, out of what the Lord is showing me. So once I'm done with all my email, <laughs> then I go and I, and I focus on current projects that are going on. I might be working on a book. I might be working on a blog post. I might be coming up with ideas for a live stream, um, current projects. So again, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, okay, what do you want me to do for this current project? Yesterday, I laid down and I took a nap in the afternoon, and I was thinking about this request that Charles made for this live stream. He wanted me to talk about spiritual gardening. And I've been thinking about it and asking the Holy Spirit for a couple of hours if he had anything for me on that subject, and I wasn't getting anything. Woke up from the nap, and lo and behold, uh, I had all this revelation about where the Holy Spirit was like, why don't you just walk people through your day, your routine, and talk to them about walking with me in relationship. And I thought, well, I can do that. That's a good idea. So throughout the day, I'm, I'm trying to get um, a feeling from the Lord. Where am I at with my current projects? What do I need to focus on? Sometimes he'll highlight a book. I'm working on this book on power and authority. Uh, I tend to write 
for three or four, five days in a row. Um, writing, editing, writing, editing, writing, editing. I'll work for three or four days, just nonstop throughout the whole day. Day after day, until I run out of uh, revelation, run out of steam, get kind of, just get stuck in a rut. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Gonna put this thing on the side for a while. And focus on something else. Um, my, my routine for work is I, I try to be led by the Holy Spirit. What current project does the Holy Spirit want me to focus on right now? Right now, I think the Holy Spirit wants me focused on the Maricopa County elections and what's going on there. So that is a temporary issue that I'm on, and I'm going to keep doing that until we've got these Maricopa County elections done in the state of Arizona. Temporary project, current project. And I feel like that's where the anointing is, where the Holy Spirit wants me to focus on that subject for right now. But once the elections are done, it's going to be on to something else. I don't know what he's going to have me focusing on after that. It comes and goes, changes from time to time. But I always try to like just tap into the flow of the Holy Spirit. What do you want me talking about today? What is the current project that I should be working on? And that comes in a little bit with um, the subject of um, stewardship and faithfulness. Again, uh, if, the, if, if God is highlighting certain projects that you have not finished and, and he keeps highlighting this issue and you're not obedient to it, again, it's, a, it's an issue of disobedience and faithfulness. Uh, there is a blessing in faithfulness. If you will faithfully carry out the, the tasks and finish the projects that he's given you, he's going to bless you. He'll bless you with an audience. He'll bless you financially. Uh, it, your ministry, we all have a ministry. It'll bear fruit if you're faithful. All right. Then uh, I focus on future projects. So Denise and I, from time to time, will have to sit down and have a CEO day where we talk about future book projects, future um, classes, future you know, podcast subjects, whatever is coming up. We'll go over the dreams that we've had, things that God has highlighted, um, <clears throat> things that we may have considered in the past but haven't acted on. We'll sort of uh, evaluate whether or not that's still a current thing that the Lord wants us to get on at some point in the future. That comes into uh, the issue of prophecy and destiny. Uh, what is, you know, our destiny in God's eyes? What has he destined us to do? What is our future? Who has he called us to be? What has he called us to do? What sphere of influence, what group of people does he want us to partner with? Um, that, those issues, it's, it, it, I think it is very helpful to focus from time to time on your future. What does God want me to do? Who does he want me to partner with? Um, what, again, goals, strategies, tactics to carry out the, the issues that God want, highlights for us for future. Um, that is, I, I'm a fairly prophetic person, so I always have an eye on the future. What is, what's coming? What does God want me focused on? What am I preparing for? Um, all right, now we're gonna talk about daily marriage dynamics. 
Denise and I uh, have been married for 15 years, and we've both been previously divorced. And our marriages previously were not good. We had a lot of dysfunction. And, and you know, part of the dysfunction was us. <laughs> we, were, we didn't know how to be good uh, husbands and wives. We read a lot of books. We took some coaching. Uh, we did a lot of soul searching and asked God to give us understanding about what makes a faithful, a, uh, a happy marriage. And we, we have developed a really good marriage, a good relationship, one of trust, intimacy, love, respect. And it would not have been possible had it not been the leading of the Holy Spirit, showing us issues that we need to deal with, highlighting problems, highlighting attitudes and behaviors that we uh, have got stuck in that we need to get out of. And I'm going to give uh, you a little bit of advice if you're having marriage issues. Um, there's a book called His Needs, Her Needs by Willard Harley. It is a groundbreaking book on the subject of marriage. If you're having marriage problems, consider purchasing that book and reading it. I know a number of marriages that have been saved when one person read the book, realized, uh, oh, wait a minute, I thought the other person was the, was the problem. Gosh, I guess I'm kind of the problem too. <laughs> they started working on their own issues. And lo and behold, as soon as one person starts to address their own faults, failures, and shortcomings, and they change their attitude, the other person changes their attitude as well. And all of a sudden they're in love and everything's great again and the marriage is thriving. Um, that is the, that's the secret sauce for marriage. Most people who are having marriage problems think the other person is the problem. And in fact, uh, it, there are always two people who are failing in their responsibilities if a marriage is falling apart. I, I have never seen a single marriage where one person was doing all the right things and the other person was totally screwing everything up. Uh, if you will fix your junk, your attitude, your behavior, and start being the good spouse that your other half deserves, you will see that other person change their behavior when you change yours. Predictably, reliably, it works. <clears throat> uh, we, we need to work on our own stuff first. And when we start working on our own stuff in a marriage, uh, it just turns into an amazing relationship. That's my testimony. Denise and I have uh, a vibrant, thriving, wonderful marriage because we're both continually working on our junk. Uh, <laughs> um, we, she and I both have shortcomings. And when we, uh, when we come up short, we address the issue, we admit the problem, and then we work on it and fix it. And that keeps us in a very happy relationship. Um, God's love for us is in many ways expressed through marriage. A lot of people don't feel like they've never felt God's love, but a lot of 
God's love comes to us through that relationship of intimacy. Uh, and, and, you know, if you get on the right track with your, with your spouse and start working in the same direction on the same issues, working together in, in a partnership, uh, it becomes a huge blessing. And I love getting up every morning, hanging out with my wife, talking and doing our day. Uh, we don't spend every minute of the day together. <laughs> we have our own times. She has her room and I get my room and we do our things. Um, but we come together often. And uh, when, when you start working on creating a strong partnership based on trust, intimacy, respect, loyalty, it's an amazing thing. And revelation. So uh, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Um, Denise is largely responsible for uh, almost all of my success. Um, every good idea that I've had in the last 15 years was her good idea first. And she has come to me many times and said, I think you should do X. And I have said, I have no interest in doing that at all. Um, forget it. She came to me in 2011 or 2012, started yammering about me writing books, and I said, I don't want to be an author. Don't write books. I have no interest in it. I'm just going to be a paramedic. It took her over a year uh, <laughs> pestering me to get me to consent to writing a book. And once I wrote my first book, I was addicted. And I wrote another one, another one, another one, another one, another one. I'd love it. That never would have happened if it weren't for her. Because she saw in me the potential to be a writer, and I never saw it. God showed her my destiny, and she spoke it to me. And even though I rejected it over and over and over again, I finally accepted it. Same thing with YouTube. And he said, you need to start a YouTube channel. And I was like, I have no desire to do video. I'm an anonymous person. Nobody sees my face. I don't want to be on video. And I have pictures out there. And she pestered me and pestered me and pestered me. Finally, I started the YouTube channel. Uh, Facebook page, podcasts, uh, live streaming, all of it. It was all her ideas. She came to me and said, someone needs to do Q, Q stuff. I never would have gotten involved in Q if it hadn't been for Denise pestering me, saying someone needs to take this information and do videos and put it out there. Uh, God has spoken to her repeatedly about <laughs> my calling, my assignments, uh, my destiny. And if it wasn't for her, um, I would probably still be a miserable paramedic working in the back of an ambulance, um, <clears throat> pulling my hair out. So when I say that having a vibrant uh, marriage can be a blessing. Uh, I, I don't think it's an overstatement. Ha having a, a spouse that gets you, that understands you, that loves you and trusts you is an amazing blessing. And uh, I owe her a lot and I thank God every day that she's my wife. All right, let's talk about bedtime. So a lot of people suffer from insomnia and um, I haven't done a, a specific prayer video for this, but it's not needed. Um, <laughs> thank you, Brian Fenimore, for 
cueing me in on the secret of God's presence. So uh, a lot of um, what I do now kind of uh, focuses on the issue of God's manifest presence. And when I pray for people, the first thing I do always is I ask God to bring his presence and touch the person I'm praying for. That's the first thing I do. Because sometimes just being in God's presence will rock that person's boat and break yokes of bondage and set them free of demons and get them healed. Without me having to do anything else, I'll just say, Lord, bring your presence and then watch what happens. And sometimes they get set free and healed just from God's presence. All right. What I didn't know is that God's presence manifests in different ways. So there is a presence of God that brings peace, that brings rest. There is a presence of God that brings deliverance and healing. And there is a presence of God that brings revelation. Right? And, and I, I never knew this when Brian first mentioned it. I looked back at my life at various times and realized, oh, of course. I've, I've actually experienced it. I've been in worship services where God's presence was so thick, it was crazy, and I was just having visions the whole time I was there. Like my eyes were closed the whole time, and I was just having all these glorious visions going on. Well, God's presence for revelation was there, which that's why I was having visions. Uh, I've seen people going through insane kinds of deliverance because God's presence for deliverance manifested. <laughs> People are just getting set free of demons like crazy. No one's even praying for them. They're just, they're just screaming and demons are leaving these people. Right. So God's manifest presence can help us in a lot of different areas, including insomnia. A lot of people who have insomnia, are they're just basically tormented by evil spirits at night. Spirits of fear, worry, anxiety. Right? Sound familiar? You're, you're in bed, and you're fearful, you're anxious, you're having a panic attack, you're worried about this and you're worried about that. Okay. Demons talking. Hey, shut up, be quiet. Uh, a lot of the issues people have with insomnia, um, not all, but, but many times. Sometimes it's, it's a metabolic issue. Uh, sometimes your neurochemistry is off. But a lot of times it's, it's demonic. And... What you can do at bedtime is command evil spirits of fear, anxiety, worry, panic, get out of my house and don't come back and go to the feet of Jesus and wait to judgment. Tell the evil spirits to get lost before you go to sleep. And then ask God to bring his presence for peace or deliverance or both. And if you want the trifecta, ask God to bring his presence for peace, deliverance, and revelation. And then you get dreams. The first time I asked God to bring his presence for revelation, I had dreams the entire frigging night. I probably had 15 dreams. Just one after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. All night long I was dreaming. I was like, what in the world? And I woke up a couple of times, but I asked God to bring his presence for peace. And even though I dreamt all night long, 
I felt great in the morning. I slept in until like 7.30. So, Denise and I, when we go to bed at night, I will pray that God brings his presence for healing because she's dealing with some uh, health issues. So am I. And uh, his presence for peace or rest or both. Um, that And many times, gosh, since I started doing this about uh, six or seven months ago, some mornings I'm glued to the bed where <laughs> Janice is up at like 4.30 or 5. She's out doing her thing. I lay in bed till 7.30 and 8 o'clock she'll come in and go, honey, you get out of bed. I'm like, <laughs> just like glued to the bed. I'm like, I'm so comfortable, honey. I don't want to get out. That is a completely different story from how things were uh, for the last 10 years. Last 10 years of my life, very erratic uh, sleep cycle. I was getting up at 2.30, 3 o'clock very often. Many days I would go on three or four hours of sleep. And I was, it just felt mentally drained. I was you know, running on 70%. I just didn't feel good. And since I started asking God to bring his presence for peace into my room at night, holy moly. Some mornings, I'm not kidding. It's like being in a worship service. I'm just glued to the bed and I'm so comfortable, I don't want to get out. Uh, I'll wake up at 5. Nope, not getting up. Go back to sleep. 6.30. Nope, I'm going to sleep a little more. <laughs> 7.30. Okay, I'll get up. Um, asking God to bring his presence at night uh, and getting rid of demons. Asking him to bring his presence for revelation if you want dreams. His presence for deliverance if you're being tormented by evil spirits. His presence for rest. God, just get in the habit of doing that and you may see significant changes in your sleep patterns at night. All right, eh? Well, we've come to the end of my uh, list of topics. Uh, I'd like to thank you all again for joining the live stream. If you get healed from that prayer that I did, send me an email through the website, pragmatic.com, or email me, admin, at pragmatic.com. If you want to find my prayers, the video prayers, you can go on my, our ministry website, prayingmedic.org, and then click on the, the prayers uh, portal, and that'll take you to a page where the videos are for all the prayers for the nervous system, for female healing problems, uh, prayers for people who have cancer and who have had chemo and radiation. There's a whole bunch of different, different prayers on that page. You can just listen to those. The prayer on the nervous system on Rumble now has over 200,000 views, and we're getting so many testimonies from that video. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for bringing the healing. Uh, also, if you want to support us financially, uh, buy a book. <laughs> Divine Healing Made Simple. Seeing in the Spirit Made Simple. Uh, this is a popular book. Emotional Healing in Three Easy Steps. If you are dealing with, um, you know, e emotional wounds, the Emotional Healing in Three Easy Steps is a great book. Very short, easy process to get through. Um, it it'll change your life. Uh, we greatly appreciate people who buy our books. Uh, that helps support us financially. Or you can go to our Give, Send, Go page. That is the only place we're receiving donations now because everything else got shut down. Thank you, Cancel Culture. 
we have a give send go page it's give send go forward slash pm and we receive donations there they are tax deductible all right that's it uh thank you again for joining the live stream or catching us on the replay this will be up on rumble uh this afternoon and on the websites that's all i have for this month love you all take care i'll catch you on the next broadcast